Welcome to the Uncounseling Show with Dr. Fred Bowley. Each week, the good doctor takes a skeptical, Catholic look at conventional counseling and why it often doesn't work. Dr. Fred has more than 30 years of experience as a counselor and spiritual advisor. He is currently associated with the nonprofit St. Barnabas Reconciliation Ministries, a partner of the Four Persons Podcast. Their counseling is highly effective for several reasons. First, they operate from a thoroughly Aristotle-Eantomius perspective. This not only is highly effective at driving change, it also has a much happier set of goals than many other theories of counseling. Secondly, they ruthlessly promote selfless love for their clients. Counseling is not an ordinary friendship, but it is friendship nonetheless. St. Barnabas works zealously to love their clients and to communicate that love effectively. Third, they are action-oriented. Some people need patient understanding, but most people who seek counseling want to feel better and the faster the better. Therefore, St. Barn works continuously to refine methods that help people start living more happily now, not next week or next year. Finally, they are thoroughly Catholic and Christian. They do not insist their clients are Catholic and they do not judge souls, but the Catholic approach is kindly, beautiful, and dignified. St. Barnabas Reconciliation Ministries specializes in counseling, life coaching, and mediation. For more information, please visit their website at stbarn.org. You can email them at stbarn at protonmail.com or call them at 872-269-1280. For questions or comments about this show, email us at email at thefourpersons.com. And now, therapist, spiritual advisor, and legend in his own mind, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Fred Bowley. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Uncounseling. This is a show that we, um, where we examine counseling, modern uh, secular counseling, from the critical lens of uh, teachings of the Catholic Church. And this evening, we're asking why counseling doesn't work. Sometimes it does work. It does help people. It helps a lot of people. But in a fundamental sense, there are times when it does not work. And one of the reasons might be that we counselors um, allow unforgiveness, or we don't address unforgiveness and bitterness in people's lives, or we even actively teach um, unforgiveness. So to help me, tonight is our usual guest, Deb Rojas, Catholic counselor, liturgist, musician, and mother. How are you, Deb? Doing well. Thank you for having me on the show, Fred. It's always a pleasure. So you are a professional counselor in uh, greater Philadelphia. Yes. And you do your work from the point of view of the, uh, from a Catholic worldview, is that right? That is correct. So how often do you encounter the issue of Oh, you just froze for a moment there. How often do I, as a counselor? As often as with clients or unforgiveness, bitterness. Well, I deal with a lot of women who are working through betrayal trauma. Mm-hmm. And I work with kids who have a lot of issues with their parents. And I work sure. with husbands who have very critical, controlling wives. Mm-hmm. And all three of those instances are the perfect ground for resentment to set in. So, Deb, let me just stop you there and ask for some clarification, if I might. Yeah. Resentment is a synonym, I guess, for anger. But what's the difference between sort of normal mainline anger and resentment. What does that mean? Hmm. 
Well, I don't even know if I would consider a synonym for anger. Tell me more. <laughs> well, anger is an appropriate response to injustice. Yes. That is a good definition. So anger can be some other things, but it's definitely that. It's an appropriate response to injustice. Go right. On. So let's say, for instance, um, you don't pay me for doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pay me either. <laughs> and, and I get angry. Is that a just anger? No, well, it's not. The quality of your work is probably is just. Well, no, because there's no contract. There's no there's no expectation or obligation. That's true. Right? So if I were to get angry about it, would that be a just anger or that be my, you know, that's that's me putting expectations on a thing that right. there's no grounds for. Um so in the case of a parent not providing the love, the protection, the nurture to a child and a child mm-hmm. recognizing something missing, even if they can't pinpoint what, um, mm-hmm. and then particular uh, anger towards the parent, um, that initially would then be a just anger. Right. And... Often, when we live in the context of family, unfortunately, these offenses are ongoing. Mm-hmm. You know, because none of us are perfect, and so we we frequently offend the other. Um, so it can be ongoing, but I would say the difference between anger and resentment is that resentment settles in. Mm-hmm. It's a longer-term thing. Yes. So is there ever good resentment? Is there ever, you know, maybe your anger was unjustified because I never promised you that I would uh, pay you for the show? (laughs) (laughs) Does the same thing exist for resentment, or is resentment always a problem? Well, the trouble with resentment is that resentment is a, a close cousin to bitterness. Right. You know, I see this progression from anger to resentment to bitterness. And who does that harm the most? Mm-hmm. That's the key question. So, you know, for our listeners, the tendency to hold on to things it's typically, like when we think about it from uh, a very human perspective, the tendency mm-hmm. to hold on to things and to not desire to let go of a thing is more because we're holding something against another person. Mm-hmm. Um, how often do we recognize the damage to ourselves? In- that's an excellent question. You know, with my clients, I will often use the example of road rage. People drive stupid. It's just the way it is. And all of us drive stupid mm-hmm. sometimes. But if it threatens your life or if it inconvenience, inconveniences you, slows you up, um, then you can get really mad about it. And I will say, the madder that you get, the better they drive. Try it. It's really amazing. You're steaming, you're raging, you're cussing, you're pounding on your steering wheel. And wow, it does a wonderful job at improving the driving of the person in front mm-hmm. of you. Sarcasm, obviously, because nothing changes. The matter you get, the matter you get and that's it. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're not really doing anything but giving yourself high blood pressure or an mm-hmm. or, or, or making ruining your, your day. Your traveler's miserable. Your, your, your traveling <laughs> companion. <laughs> Passengers? I forgot I had passengers. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Kim Sang yeah. said of long-term resentment. I'm sorry. Say that. Say that again, please. So the same thing be said of resentment. Mm-hmm. The matter you get, the better your past will be. You know, I'm really, 
I'm really, really mad. I'm going to think about how unjust that was what mm-hmm. happened to me a couple of years ago. Over and mm-hmm. over again, I'm going to get madder and madder. I'm going to think of better ways to say it so that I rile mm-hmm. myself up more. Mm-hmm. And then that will change everything, right? Tomorrow I will wake up if I can get to sleep. And uh, the path will have changed. Suddenly they will have done the right thing by me. Obviously not. Mm-mm. And really it's akin to purchasing poison for someone else. But slowly ingesting it. Mm-hmm. Because the person who has perpetrated the harm isn't feeling any of those effects. It's all right. hurting the one who's already been hurt. Mm-hmm. What are the effects of holding anger for the long term? Why would you not want your client to be angry for many years? Whew. I mean, obviously, from a health perspective, it's really That's bad think, for you. Right. From the health perspective, more so. You know, when you think of the impact on the heart, mm-hmm. high, high blood pressure, um, heart palpitations. Um, mm-hmm. When you see people who carry a lot of anger, their face gets red very quickly. The blood rushes to their head. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh the the tension and stress on the nervous system mhm um the muscular system mhm uh so in other words, when you're angry you you're tensing some muscles somewhere even if you're not aware mm-hmm. of it so you're using up a lot of energy both nervously right. and also muscularly just being right. angry just yeah. being angry. And if that's the case, all of that mental energy, emotional, physical, all of that is detracting from what we need to better take care of ourselves and actually be able to focus loving attention on others. Mm-hmm. So being angry really de- distracts us from what the good of what we could and should be doing. So not only does that does a bad thing ruin that particular point in time, but it ruins everything else eventually mm-hmm. if you let it if you, if it becomes a focal point of your life. Right. Gotcha. So um, if you try to talk to someone who's uh, resentful about something that's happened in the past, I don't know if you've had this experience, Deb, but what I try to do. Their their first response is, do you want to you do you want to tell me what your clients say, or shall I go? You go first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll my <laughs> go ahead. The two words that always leave their response are yeah and but. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, you're kidding yourself by by holding on to this resentment. Yeah, but they did this and they did that. It was wrong. It's not right. It's wrong. I was wrong. It's so unfair to me. So when we experience that sort of thing, um, we used to call that resistance. But it mm-hmm. makes much more sense, I think, to look at it from the point of view of when a client comes back at you with yeah, but that means they have not been heard or they have not got the, the feeling that they have been heard, that you really, truly understand how terrible this is. That their pain has had a witness. Yes. Do not yet understand that you really are a witness. And maybe if they don't feel that, you haven't been a witness. I don't know. So I think there are other factors to that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So sometimes what I'll do with clients before I even mention forgiveness is ask where they feel anger in their body. Mm -hmm. Just so they can begin to recognize. So if you think about where you feel anger in your body and you think about it, this is a new you know, concept yeah. for a lot of people. That's a great question. So go on, sorry. So, you know, when I when I think about it, it's like I, I can feel it in my in my shoulders, in my neck. Mm-hmm. And I can feel it in my heart. And it's kind of similar to anxiety in some ways, but even more intense. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there's that, that sense of like the body being flooded. Yes. 
And um, and then, you know, in talking to them about how that feels and how it feels to live in that way, how good is that for them? Mm-hmm. You know, to help them recognize this is actually not a healthy state for me to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, I like to kind of joke, make a little joke about it. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no joke. Uh, I do, but I don't preface it with that it's a joke. I say now, um, I know this is going to be really difficult, but we need to talk about the F word. (laughs) And they laugh. You laughed in spite of yourself. (laughs) I was Um, making polite noises with my mouth, and that is all. Yeah, go on. No, um, and so we kind of chuckle, and I'm like, it's not the one you think. It's forgiveness. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and forgiveness is really, really hard. So let's talk about first what it's not. Yes, please. Hit me. So forgiveness does not in- necessitate any interaction with the perpetrator of harm. Right. So you don't actually have to go and talk to the person who did your wrong. Exactly. Which also means you don't need an apology from them. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have the right attitude. They don't need to accept that they have done you wrong. Exactly. So um, they don't have to do that. They don't ever have to know that they've been forgiven for forgiveness to occur. So they don't even have to be aware of it, let alone have the right attitude towards it. Right. Exactly. That makes a big difference, you know. Huge. Because then it's What is it the really... pitfall you're avoiding there? Sorry, I talked to you. Go well, ahead, the pitfall Dave. the pitfall is like well, it it, it puts conditions. Otherwise mm-hmm. there are conditions on forgiveness. Well I can't forgive because he hasn't apologized. Or I can't forgive because I never want to see her again, you know, um, you know, and it, so it removes these obstacles that um, are often placed as barriers to forgiveness that actually have nothing to do with forgiveness. Right. So that makes it a lot easier for people to forgive, right? One of our main jobs as counselors is to make the way straight and the the rough Mm -hmm. places smooth for people, to make it easy to do what they really want to do and need to do, but find it difficult to do because of these obstacles. We would not ever want to say that we are um, advocating for people to say, it was okay that you sexually abused me when I was 10 years old, right? Or... It was okay that you stabbed me in the back with that business deal or ran around behind me as my spouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. You don't have to say that it's okay. You don't need to give the permission to someone to keep mistreating you or to mistreat you in the future. That's not mm-hmm. what forgiveness is about. That's is that another right? very, very important distinction, Fred, that forgiveness is not in any way condoning the action. Mm-hmm. It's so very important to say because um, when I start talking to people about forgiveness, my first words are, yeah, but because they're thinking so very strongly about the injustice of what happened to them. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, I do have a client who is so angry and resentful and even bitter about things that have happened to them. And the more I find out, the more I understand that really it wasn't so wrong. Um, or it was justified what the other person did to them, or it was inevitable, or the person has not understood what happened clearly. And it really doesn't matter to me. You know, I really do not make a point of trying to teach the person, you're wrong, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You're wrong Mm -hmm. or right, that doesn't matter. You know, (laughs) most of the people I talk to have a genuine complaint. You know, they really have been treated badly because Mm -hmm. as humans, fallen humans, fallen human nature, very easily do mean things to each other. And so mm-hmm. I will always take people at face value. I'll take what they say and and accept it. It doesn't really matter because the main thing is what are you going to do with it now? You know, it's been a year or it's been five years or seventy years. What are you going to do with it for your own good? You know, your primary responsibility is the life God has given you. 
So how are you going to deal with this wrong that has been done to you this amount of time past and into the future? Mm-hmm. But all of us are consumed with this one terrible fact that we think often accurately that we have we have been mistreated. So it's hard to get past that to the real work of forgiveness and healing. How do you help people with that? It's a very slow process. Mm-hmm. And it's a very spiritual process. Ooh, interesting. How and what sense is it spiritual, Deb? Tell me more. Well, we know forgiveness because God has forgiven us. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that we see in the midst of old. We see a lot of justice and wrath and punishment. But Well, that's certainly true, but it's one of my hobby horses that if you read the Old Testament for very long, what you constantly hear is God is a God of forgiveness and uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, loving kindness, you know, in the old King James Version. God's mm-hmm. a God of mercy and, and patience and kindness. And compassion. So, mm-hmm. Compassion. Even though we see Korah, I don't know if you remember the story of Korah, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert with, with Moses, Korah led a rebellion. He got sick of it. He got sick of Moses and his leadership. So he's like, mm-hmm. who's with me? And like, what was it, 70 guys followed him or something? So they had a rebellion and the earth opened up. Yeah, that's the one where the earth opened up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that sense, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in that uh, in the New Testament, you very rarely, maybe Ananias and Sapphira, who lied about how much money they were giving to the church, mm-hmm. you know, they fell down dead. They were struck dead, uh-huh, yeah. But other than that, it's been like wall-to-wall patience and, and mm-hmm. compassion um, from God. Anyway, kind of hijacked your, your discussion there, Deb. What were you going to say? We know forgiveness uh, because we've been forgiven. Is I think exactly yes. We know forgiveness because we've been forgiven. And um, if it weren't for God's forgiveness towards us, we you know we it would be much harder to extend it to others. Um, in fact, yeah. the. I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack that for a moment, Fred. The Lord's prayer says, "Forgive forgive us our trespasses." Yes. As we forgive those who trespass against us, and so in 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 a way, God has even put conditions on our forgiveness from Him that we forgive others. Right. It's an intrinsic part of, in that way then of our relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And the way, I mean, it shows, too, how much he cares about how we interact with others, how we love others, how we extend love yeah. and grace and mercy and forgiveness towards others. Right, right, right. So let me just stop you there, Deb. Mm-hmm. I want to base uh, station identification. This is the Uncounseling Show, which is a joint production of, of St. Barnabas Reconciliation Ministries and the Four Persons Blog. You know, the Four Persons Blog has many fine podcasts that go out live. Most of them go out live every evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. So do check out the other great shows. A lot of them are apologetics, and very well done, very interesting and informative. Um, but Deb Rojas is a counselor in the greater Pennsylvania area who works online with a lot of people from a wide area. How do they get hold of you, Deb, if they would like to get more information or schedule an appointment? They can email me at debrojascounseling at gmail.com or call the office at 610-601-9781. Um, and that is Integrity Counseling Services in the Philadelphia area. Awesome. And Deb Rojas is spelled with a J, R-O-J-A-S. For yes, those of you who are probably from the north or east <laughs> and have not had fine Mexican food in La Jolla. Uh, 
you can get hold of me if you have questions or want to schedule an appointment at St. Barnabas. And you can go to stbarnabas.org. No, sorry, St. Barn, S-T-B-A-R-N, St. Barn. Dot org or email me at stbarn, S-T-B-A-R-N, at protonmail.com, or you can call me at 573-692-4126. If you are experiencing unforgiveness or someone in your family, um, then do not delay. Get help now. Make the rest of your days as happy and peaceful mm-hmm. as possible. God wants you to be at peace so don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Now, we were talking about unforgiveness. Counseling doesn't work at times because we allow our clients to uh, experience resentment, bitterness, mm-hmm. or unforgiveness. So you were talking about the difference between um, forgiveness and um, uh, like codependence or uh, enabling people to behave badly by letting them walk all over you. Those two things are completely different. Mhm. For sure. For sure. Um oh my gosh, they're so different. Because forgiveness is actually acknowledging the nature of the offense and it's wrong. Yes. And 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 calling it out. But also letting letting it go from our own heart and not holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And continuing to perpetuate the harm that the offender started. So you're kind of conspiring with the offender. If you do mm-hmm. not forgive the offender, you're right. conspiring with them to continue harming you. Yes, absolutely. The trauma continues. Um, and we were talking about how forgiveness is really a spiritual, it's very much a spiritual activity. So tell me more about that, though, because you work with almost exclusively Catholics, and I do not. I work with mm-hmm. Catholics, but also a lot of uh, evangelicals or mm-hmm. people who are actually agnostics or atheists. Mm-hmm. So I have an atheist who comes into my office. He's had a horrible father, you know, and I'm telling him, you need to forgive your father, but he has never, at least subjectly, he's never felt what it is to be forgiven by God. God mm-hmm. is offering him but this person has not really taken God up on that offer because he doesn't believe, he doesn't want to believe that God exists. So how can we talk to this person about forgiveness? What do you think? Well, he's still going to have an idea of what forgiveness is and misperceptions of it. So clarifying those is helpful. Um but then just suggesting, um, so what I do with, with my Catholic Christian clients is just suggesting to them to pray that they would have the openness to consider forgiveness, that God would open their hearts. Um, because, I mean, clients literally have prayed that for weeks before the Lord really begins to soften their heart to allow that to even begin right, to take right. um, So for someone who doesn't really have a bad sense, but who still has a soul, <laughs> you know, and is still, is still made in the image of God, um, you know, I that's more challenging. I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, I guess I would want to know for them what softens their heart. Yes. In what sense do you mean? Uh, tell me more about that. What do you mean by softens the heart? What helps them to be more open to others? Okay. Yeah. Cool. So in their human relations, relationships, right? mm-hmm. what opens their heart? That's a really good question. For me, um, talking about forgiveness with people who are unbelievers or whose theology is probably a little bit off is really useful because uh, I think forgiveness is built into human nature. You know, it Mm -hmm. really is part of us. And if you understand um, human nature really well, you will be drawn closer to God because humans are built to love and adore God. So part of that is forgiveness. We're wired for reconciliation. 
We are, yeah. It's amazing. And so even if a person leaves treatment, goodbye, it was nice working with you, they still don't believe in God. But maybe if they've learned how to forgive their father, then they're a little bit closer to understanding how human mm-hmm. nature It's either completely absurd, because here's a thing that's built to love and adore something that doesn't exist. How did that evolve, right? How did we evolve this need to really love and adore ultimate goodness, truth, and beauty? If ultimate goodness, truth, and beauty don't even exist, right? Okay, maybe that happens, but therefore... Everything that would make us happy is totally absurd. Or maybe you have a key to what the real truth is in the universe. A key. Maybe you have a a clef. Let me translate that for you, Ted. Maybe you have a clef. So you're using terminology. (laughs) Deb is a... Very fine musician, so key and clef are the same word in different languages. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a a map that will lead you eventually to happiness. Go on, Deb. You were about to say something. I was imagining a beautiful, ornate brass key. You know, mm-hmm. like a six, a six-inch mm-hmm. key, like a, the key, mm-hmm. because forgiveness is in many ways like a doorway to... A new life. Fantastic. I love it. So in 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 that way it really unlocks the heart. Mm-hmm. And opens the heart to many new possibilities of living and loving. Many years ago, uh, I lived in a town called Joplin in southwest Missouri, which is where Scott Joplin comes from, by the way. Oh, I love Scott Joplin. I love playing Scott Joplin. Right? Right time. And I used to go to the mall. I was really lonely, but I would go to the mall, like I think like every Friday night or something, and I would see a movie. And uh, I'd walk through the mall. But for some reason, I would look for a ways until I came to the turning. And then I would turn back and walk back to where the cinema was at the end of the mall. And I realized at one point after a few months, <laughs> I mean, after a couple of days, you know, it was a few months, <laughs> that I knew what was on my right side, but somehow I had never turned around and looked what was on the other side. And I think unforgiveness is like the person who's so into or so tied into what is happening in front of them. Uh, this this horrible injustice that has happened to them that they don't turn mm-hmm. around, you know, they don't see that there's actually fantastic things ten times the worth of whatever it was that was from them in this horrible case of injustice. So I think uh, what you said about a doorway is really a beautiful thing too. You know that you're stuck inside a dark place, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't turn around. In fact, the light from the doorway probably casts a shadow from your very self against mm-hmm. what it is you're trying to fight against, which is unwinnable. If you will but turn around and use the key, you can get out the doorway into the great sunlit uplands. You know, it's mm-hmm. really beautiful for you. Well, I like the idea of the doorway also because as I find um, Clients becoming more open to forgiveness and um, and beginning to to let go, let go of the anger, and to stop um, re- reminding themselves and remembering like all of the all of the the wrongs and bringing back all of the injustices. That forgiveness becomes more of a a way of life and a way of living and a way of loving rather than a one-time occurrence. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if a client says, oh, I forgave him a year ago, mm-hmm. but is still really, really, really angry, yeah. uh, that's a good indication that the way of forgiveness has not yet 
become part of life. Right. How true that is. And I think um, unless you understand that forgiveness has to be that continuous process, mm-hmm. probably haven't yet understood um, what forgiveness is. It's not about um, refusing to pursue a legal case against some against someone. Yeah, that's a start. But it's got to be a continual thing because the effects of whatever wrongs have been done to you probably extend out into the future. So forgiveness has to be a way of life. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I was going to mention as well that, that anger is a secondary emotion, right? Anger is a good thing that has been provided to us by God. You know, we're animals, but we're ensouled animals. We have a higher purpose while also having that bodily thing going on all the time as well. So the primary emotion is usually either that sense of uh, anxiety, right? Someone is has taken something from us, is taking something from us, or will take something from us. So there's that sense of uh, a threat, you know, anxiety. And if you recognize that your anger probably comes from anxiety first and foremost, and secondarily from that sense of injustice, like something out of order and the out of order is usually in the ethical realm. In other words, I deserve to have respect and yet this person did not give me respect or is mm-hmm. not giving me respect. Then you can probably understand the basic emotion of anger uh, better so that you will understand why you keep on scratching that itch. You know, you the scratch itch cycle. The more you scratch it, the more you damage your skin. The more you damage your skin, the more irritated mm-hmm. it is. The more irritated it is, the more mm-hmm. itchy it is or, or stingy it is. And so the more you have the urge to scratch it, you've got to stop somewhere because it's only you that's going to suffer from it. So um, it's probably helpful to understand that... The reason that you feel mad, and it's perfectly okay to feel mad, because someone has taken something from you or is threatening to take something from you. Mm-hmm. But when you realize whatever it was they were taking has been taken and is long gone, I would rather turn on and get the 100 things, I think, to enter into that new life of forgiveness. Does that sound about right to you, or what would you add to that? Yeah, you you broke up a little bit there, but I think I got the gist of of what you were saying. Um, There's a sense of taking agency back when we forgive. Yes. Yes, you can change something about your life. Exactly. We're no longer the victim. Things aren't happening to us. Right. We are, we become the actor. Instead of receiving the action. And there's something right. really, really powerful about that. Because we're then able to have, um, like you said, we can change, we can change something. Mm-hmm. We can choose. Mm-hmm. We're not just uh, victims or... Uh, um, like corks floating down the river. We can actually choose how or when we receive the suffering that is inevitable in this world, mm-hmm. which actually makes it for a happy person, you know. Suffering is unavoidable, mm-hmm. but you can choose to be happy or you can choose to be unhappy. And choosing to forgive is a, the first step, I think, in being a happy person. Mm-hmm. True happiness, you know, not just subjective feeling of well-being. So, practically speaking, how do you help people get past that terrible sense of injustice to a point where they can choose forgiveness and choose the way of forgiveness? What do you think? What is, what is your way of helping people or ways, I should say? That's a really good question. It happens. <laughs> I find that in in a lot of it is planting seeds. Mm-hmm. 
I really liked what you said about asking for the asking God for the power to forgive. Mm-hmm. What else? What else were you going to say? Um, well, in planting seeds like that, that's a that's a perfect example of planting seeds. It's mm-hmm. creating within their heart and their mind the, just the ability to think about and, and process what it might be to forgive, to let it go. And then in talking about all of the things that forgiveness is not for them to consider, okay, I'm not actually condoning it. I don't have I don't need an apology. I don't need to have a conversation with this person ever again if I don't mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, it, so like all of these different things um that that really help to but take time to integrate into their understanding. When you say integrate, what do you mean? I mean, it takes time. Like, I might say, okay, sure, forgiveness uh, doesn't mean that I'm condoning the action. But if I've been believing that for 10 years, it might take time Mm. for me to really accept it. Right. Even though intellectually I might be able to give an assent right away. So you need a huge sense of power of patience. As a counselor, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, like we can't, we can't, we can't just, we can't manufacture forgiveness. Right. We can talk about the good. We can talk about the effects of holding on to anger and resentment. Yeah. And everybody knows this is this is something that I have found to be really uh, really helpful. Everyone knows someone mm-hmm. who is incredibly bitter and angry. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so everyone has within, and even if it's not somebody they know personally, but it's like a character in a movie or, a, you know, like a, a story or a cartoon or something, like everybody mm-hmm. knows somebody who's about vengeance and, and unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so in thinking about that person, it's very easy to use that example and say, is that who you want to be? Yeah, great question. Because if you continue down this path, that mm-hmm. is who you will become. Do you have someone in mind from movies or uh, or cartoons or or shows or something? I don't know why, but the Green Goblin came to mind. (laughs) The Green Goblin in the Spider-Man movie? (laughs) Because he's just so angry. And he he changes himself and he like, he takes all these potions and I'm I'm not a, I'm not a comic person, so I can't give you any of the real details of the story. I literally watched one of those movies and it goes out of my mind permanently. But, um, But what stays is that um, the sense of he was betrayed, there he felt an injustice, and he was all about revenge. Hmm. And it destroyed him. It utterly destroyed him. And so that, for young people, is a character that they can kind of, they're, they're, they're cool. familiar with. Um, but My I mind goes of, to... Uh... Go ahead. Moby Dick, you know. His oh, yeah, absolutely. life is ruined. Mm-hmm. By, not by losing his leg to a <laughs> strange and uh, <laughs> unprecedented whale attack, mm-hmm. but by feeling the need for revenge. Yeah. Or Ahab. Miss Havisham. Remember? Uh, oh, Ahab, yeah. Right? Great expectations. Remember uh, Miss Great Expectations, uh-huh. where she's jilted at the altar. So she lives the rest of her life in a wedding dress. She spends all of her time in the room where the wedding cake sits moldering and with uh, mm-hmm. with the wedding um, decorations disintegrating in her house. Wedding decorations, wedding yeah. jewels, and raising a young woman to hate men. Yeah, she raises a young woman to hate men, and she gets a chance to get a young man in her sphere of influence, and she ruins him as well. She makes him mm-hmm. angry and bitter against women. And finally dies in a terrible fire, right? Mm-hmm. So, a great example of a ruined life, not from mm-hmm. the terrible thing that happened to her on one particular 
Saturday morning when she was supposed mm-hmm. to be married, but because she insisted on not forgiving it. Mm-hmm. In fact, the man who who cruelly and wrongly jilted her, but it ruined her mm-hmm. life. Yeah, I, think it, I, you know, I don't know. You. The uh, the phrase that our Lord said as he was taking one of his last breaths, mm-hmm. the prayer oh. he prayed, Father, forgive them, mm-hmm. for they know not what they do. You know, like even there, our Lord was praying for our forgiveness as he was experiencing the pain mm-hmm. and suffering essentially at our hands. So, about what you know of the Bible, Ananias, the, or Annas rather, the high priest, Caiaphas, uh-huh. the high priest. There were two because of a certain uh, specific situation. Did they come to the early Christians? Did they come to St. Peter and say, we recognize that what we did was wrong and therefore uh, we're sorry and Jesus then can forgive them? I mean, when you talk about the forgiveness of God, you're talking about something that's like more complicated and, and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to go into, the, you know, but, no, I mean, there's nothing to indicate that they would realize at all or mm-hmm. accept or try mm-hmm. to make it right. Um, they were totally wrong, more wrong than anything that has ever been done to us. And yet, just forgave them. So from a human point of view, forgiveness is not about what is just or unjust, because clearly that was the most mm-hmm. unjust thing in mm-hmm. the history but about releasing other people, therefore releasing yourself mm-hmm. so that you can be happy and you're not mm-hmm. wasting your life on this terrible scratching mm-hmm. cycle. Right, turn around and see that there is a a beautiful sunlit uplands, you know, beautiful grassy hillside that you can walk through that door <laughs> of forgiveness in mm-hmm. claim for your own. Is that... You were saying, am I on the right track there, Deb? You're getting close. <laughs> so remember folks, that this <laughs> this show, <laughs> poor as it may be, is as good as we can make it now. And it's uncounseling. It's a co-production of St. Barnabas Reconciliation Ministries and the Four Persons Blog. So check out the blog online and also check out the fine shows that occur every evening, usually live. Um, but especially check out the uh, Tangled Knot with Deb Rojas. Deb, as you can tell, is a professional counselor. She does a really beautiful job of uh, extending the compassion of God to people who come to her for help. God wants to help you. Everybody who is hearing the sound of my voice, God knows your suffering even better than mm-hmm. you do, and He wants you to be healed. So, uh, if we can help, please get hold of Deb in this way. Go ahead, Deb. How do they get hold of you? Either Deb Rojas Counseling at gmail.com and Rojas is spelled R O J A S, um, or 610 or you can get hold of me and or Deb by going to uh, St. Barnabas. Uh, the uh, the website is stbarn.org, S-T-B-A-R-N, stbarn.org, or write to us at stbarn.protonmail.com. Or you can call me at 536-92-4126. So this has been uh, Uncounseling. We hope that you have gained some help from it and encouragement. That is our aim. Um, we ask for the intercession of St. Barnabas, the faithful apostle. St. Barnabas means the son of consolation. We want to help God console all people. So St. Barnabas, pray for us. And we ask that God would uh, bless our efforts in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, to all, to all of us, if you have questions, 
or comments. And we will see you next week on Uncounseling. Dr. Fabolio P. and Deb Rojas, Counselor. Blessings, Fred. Good night, Deb. Good night. The Four Persons Inc. is a registered 501c3 nonprofit. All rights reserved. Any unauthorized use of this content without the permission of the Four Persons Inc. and our hosts is prohibited and subject to legal action. Thank you. <laughs>